welcome to another episode of the Alchemist podcast, an extension of Kim's amazing blog, Alchemist in the Making. I'm your special host today. My name is Jaina, the millennial who also finds interest in architecture's relationship with anything and everything. In this special series titled, Is It What You Wanted? We are interested in having conversations on whereabouts of people's journey in and around architecture. Today, we are joined by a special guest, Tracy Soda, who is currently sitting in another time zone on another side of the planet. Um, this is actually our second recording. Uh, thanks again for joining us <laughs> once more. Now, I'm going to pass the mic to Tracy for her to introduce herself. Hi, I'm Tracy. So, I studied with Gina at Monash back in 2014, um, and then I dropped out of my master's halfway through. Um, and then I started my career in Melbourne working at high-end residential, like smaller high-end residential firms um, and before transition, transitioning fully into visualization. Um, and then I happened to get called into New York with to work with the Bianca Ingalls group and that's something you just can't say no to. So I'm here now. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Well, so we will get into Tracy's journey later, but before we do that, let's try to find out why did she do architecture in the first place? <laughs> so getting into architecture, I kind of got into it on a whim. Uh, in New South Wales, where I did, where I studied high school, you have a cutoff date as to where you can put your university preferences. And it was four hours before the cutoff time. And my dad just suggested um uh, on at dinner one day that I do architecture because I'm good at art and I like the technological aspect of it so four hours before you know the preferences closed I applied for architecture and I I got in so I was like okay cool this seems uh interesting I got in I might as well try it and see how it goes yeah uh, once you started architecture study is it everything aligned with what you had expected I mean, it did and it didn't. I think because I didn't do as much research into architecture um, when I applied for it, I, I didn't necessarily know what I was fully getting into. Um, but I I know that I didn't like the design process. It was <laughs> way too painful and drawn out for me. But I loved communications, uh, which is visualization. And I loved, um, you know, color and art and that sort of stuff so I think I was more drawn to that aspect of architecture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I'm gonna do something different this time so do you think that you will probably choose a different major rather than architecture no, no I mean as painful as the degree and university like I'm someone who just like I didn't like university I mean I, I liked it for a, a community and you grow and uh, that sense but just studying it was just such a pain <laughs> and I mean yeah. it is necessary and you build all these relationships and you learn so much and you know all that mm -hmm. stuff but um, I don't think I would have chosen a different degree just because I think there is just so much that you can do with within architecture it's not necessarily as limiting as you know some other degrees I guess because it can mm -hmm. You're, you're trained to do so much that it's kind of liberating in a way, um, mm. even though I guess it was like a very labor-intensive and painful and money-draining <laughs> degree. <laughs> After graduating, you basically jump onto uh, two different 
companies mainly doing just visualization you mentioned mm-hmm. well did you actually have attempts on trying on doing architectural work like doing the documentation and trying to attempt mm-hmm. on the design aspect rather than just visualization mm-hmm. um I think a lot of juniors, even at big, we end up doing a lot of the visualization anyway. So when I was a student architect, that was one aspect of it where, you know, the the student architect was in charge of the renders. But all, I was also doing like the RCP, RCP plans, you know, plans, uh, interior elevation, like all the CDSD kind of stuff that was thrown my way. I was happy to do it. Um, I think my interest lied in visualization, but at that point or that stage, I was just kind of figuring things out and seeing whether which path was right for me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Then you find out that visualization is your, your go-to. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So what happened? What made you choose to apply overseas and jumping onto big? What happened? Tell us the stories. Uh, I don't know. I think I was just more, I think I was just intrigued by the opportunities overseas because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I wasn't working in Melbourne for too long. I think mm. overall I maybe would have had a two years of experience Um you know, just doing junior architecture stuff. Mm. Um, And it was a lot of high-end residential. Mm. And I I think from my experience, there weren't as many opportunities because like a lot of, you know, fresh grads, you struggle trying to get work Mm. where everyone wants like five years of experience when you've just graduated. So I I, I was kind of struggling to find that. Um, But I had just got into, you know, this visualization house Mm -hmm. Um, and they were doing, you know, these really great work and I was super excited to be there. But then on a whim, I saw this ad on Dezine and I just applied thinking, ah, you know, they're never going to see this. I'm never going to get in, but I'll apply anyway. And then like a week or something later, I got an interview and I was thrilled, like thrilled to get an interview. I remember messaging my best friends everyone was excited for this one interview we thought it was such a great opportunity um and everyone thought i'm never getting getting it you know it's new york it's big there's no way and then i think it was like a week or two weeks after that interview that i got my um acceptance letter or email or whatever it was and it was just kind of like a (laughs) a shock (laughs) and jubilation of now I have to move to New York how am I going to do this yeah I can't imagine that situation that's that's definitely a shock yeah it was it was really crazy because I didn't think well I just I mean you just don't think that you're gonna move to New York Mm. and I remember even the interview they them asking me whether I had like thought about visa situations and all of this stuff and I was just like no (laughs) I don't no um and then we actually had to get all of it sorted and yeah get through amazing what did you do before the interviews to prepare yourself um I guess I didn't really do much to prepare I guess I mean it's big so you're yeah you're familiar with the their work um and I guess I just familiarized myself a bit more with their visualization style, mm-hmm. but their visualization style also closely aligned with my visualization style. So, you know, just kind of drawing those similarities and being able to talk about it. 
and then getting to know their recent works a bit more, I guess. Um, but there's only so much you can do because you're kind of looking at it from the outside. Yeah, I'm going to ask the questions like, what? so what is it now from the inside? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, inside, it's hectic. <laughs> It's it's very busy, especially this past year. I guess it's very mm-hmm. busy, mm. um, and which is expected. I mean, you I always knew that that was going to be the case, uh, right. but then you actually get into it, and it's like, huh, cool! It's actually that busy. <laughs> and I think the first six months, I realized how busy I would be because you're learning all these mm. like new skills. You're learning how the company works. Yes. Um, you're getting to know the hours. The, the partners, the different teams and their various like visualization or design styles. Um, so the first six months, I, I think, were a huge learning curve into mm-hmm. getting to know the company and the people and the teams and how they, how they like their work to be presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the year before, actually, I went to Denmark. Oh yeah, the Lego, Lego house? house. Yes. So for the listeners out there who doesn't know this, there was this exhibition thrown by Big for form form, yeah, giving. form giving. Probably not the best person to do the introduction of this, <laughs> but probably gonna need your little insight to introduce this. It, it's it was an exhibition of all of our work mm. uh, over the years. So all the models, um, the images, the presentation, the books, like all of that stuff from the uh, our design from the past and present. Yeah. All in one place in one house. <laughs> so I, I clearly remember uh, when I was there, like there, there was a little screen um, showcasing all the different offices uh, and there was actually uh, some offices still working because of the time zone difference. I remember when I was standing in front of that, I took a photo and sent it to you and then you're like, oh my God, you should have told me. <laughs> so I guess like at that point, my my thought was that collaboration worked between all these different cities and different teams. Mm-hmm. So how how is that generally working? So with, um, with our offices, we don't necessarily fully collaborate on projects the whole time. The way it works is like certain offices are allocated certain areas of the Mm. world and sure you know from time to time the projects can get swapped or they might need some assistance or they need specialists that are in different offices and there is you know some communication but we don't necessarily split teams in New York and Copenhagen Mm. just because of the time difference and the resources and um, you know servers they work differently in New York and Copenhagen and Mm. London so the different offices will will have their areas, but uh, yeah, we 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 can share the workload or collaborate um, short term for certain things. Cool. <laughs> so, have you personally visited the exhibition yourself? No, I was supposed to go to Copenhagen last year in twenty twenty, but yeah, COVID cancelled everything. Uh, so yeah. that was unfortunate, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Maybe when we travel again, I can go. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned the first six months is a giant learning curve for you. Uh, I guess it's just yeah, mm-hmm. it must be really overwhelming to even just moving to another state to leave. So how is it generally <laughs> for you now? Yeah, it's a lot easier now, just because um, you get to know the different teams, the different partners, the different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and you kind of know what they want now. Um, and it's also for visualization, you, you need to know where all your assets are, your materials are. Mm. And when I first joined, you know, you need to learn that very quickly. And, in, you know, it wasn't necessarily as organized as it should be for, you know, long, like fast-paced visualization. Um, but we've, we've gotten better. And, you know, back when I started, it was just one person doing visualization for the whole of New wow. York. And so we've expanded. We've, like, gotten to know each other. We've, know, we've gotten to improve our visualization style, our office practices, uh, not only for the visualization group but for the entire mm-hmm. office. Um, so, like, with that, you know, we've grown not only as, the visualization team but as the office in making our workflow a lot smoother and then there's also you know new softwares like Enscape that's taking you know a lot of our uh, our painstaking visualization um, time frame and cutting it down so which is super helpful so all of these things that come in that make uh, my life easier yeah. I guess yeah now I know that you're like the expert and the master of the visualization work. Yeah, still learning, still learning. <laughs> Would you still consider doing this where your degree was training you to work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I guess, yes. If I had a bachelor in architecture, I would still want like a year or, or two years experience in architecture just to know uh, and speak the language that is that the designers mm-hmm. Uh, use just because that gives you like a stronger background yeah. in architectural visualization. Um, but I know that in America, there is also now degrees that you can do where you just purely do architectural visualization. Oh, really? So I don't know if I would, if I would like swap into and do that degree as a whole um, right from the get go. Yeah. I think that could be pretty cool if I were to do anything over. <laughs> Are you expanding? any other skill set in the visualization or around this moment yeah um yeah for me i think i'm i'm like picking up interests in like ux ui or animation and just kind of like building those skills up which still kind of tie to visualization but it's just like another skill to you know put in the box so is big training you or the team on any other things then like to help you grow yeah we i mean the role at visualization at big is where we help train the the designers to improve their visualization skills so that we don't end up doing like all the renders that come out of big forever otherwise we would just not sleep and die so we have a like a, a continual role where we teach the the designers or people coming in um, how things work and you know about lighting and geometry and you know the best pack practices for visualization so that things run smoothly and the overall style of the, the visuals that come out of big are consistent. Mm. Does the process of um adapting take long were there any cultural shock in the first place what was your biggest impression Mm. of the shock well the drinks are really strong here that was (laughs) i think the most i think that's the only thing that sticks out was like how strong the the drinks are here 
other than that, I mean, it's still you're still kind of moving from a Western country to another Western country, so it's not like dramatically different. Um, but there's you know just smaller things of like um, there's not a monopoly of grocery stores, so there's not like a Coles around every corner. There's like independent grocery stores everywhere. Um, the public transport system is great. You know, like it's it wasn't like a crazy. Uh, difference it's it's just more little things here and there that ended up that make a, a bigger difference in the end I guess so I guess another question that I'm curious is the mystery work-life balance because I know that you're working on some um, crazy hours sometimes I mean it was it was more of a it's definitely worse than Australia there's no you know start at nine finish at six on the dot kind of kind of working mentality here it's it's more like work till it gets done and then we have a lot of competitions we have a lot of deadlines um and you just kind of have to you know get used to it because that's just the way it is and it's not a bad thing because you end up being so passionate about your work because you're you're pouring I mean it's design so you're pouring your heart and soul into it and you want it to the, be the best that it can be. Um, so you get really invested in your work and you want to see things through and you want to make sure it's the best. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the it's it can occasionally be a lot of hours, but it's also really exciting to see an end product end up in museums and magazines and publications. So... You know, it's just kind of like a really small price to pay for me. Yeah. Um, now, looking back, do, have you, do you think this is the whole journey is something that you have expected? I know, like, as you mentioned, getting a job in big is already a shock. But, like, just generally, <laughs> I guess that this is to align with the big questions of is it what you wanted? Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely more than what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's you know it's a, I'm very grateful for you know the opportunities that I've been presented with and the life I get to live mm-hmm. here um and I'm very lucky but I also like work I've worked hard mm-hmm. for it but um I think it's you know it's a a lot of people dream about like being a working architect in New York or just living in New York or working at big or you know all mm-hmm. these things and it's it's definitely um, something that I didn't think I would ever that would I would ever get to achieve, but it's yeah, it's it's nice knowing that I I get to do this um, every day. So I'm super grateful. It's definitely more than I've ever wanted, um, and it's just like keep it's kind of like a gift that keeps on giving because you just never know what happens uh, in this in this day and age. It's like the life is like a box of chocolate, like <laughs> like good old yeah. saying. <laughs> so, yeah. what are you hoping to go next? What is the com- upcoming goal for you? Um, I don't really know. You know, um, and I'm quite happy not knowing. Uh, it's just there's there's so much that I can do, and there's a lot of opportunities um, that um I have ahead of me, uh, whether I choose to accept them or not. Um, you know, whether it's at big or it's elsewhere, who knows at this mm-hmm. point, but, uh, uh, 
we can only wait and see, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, looking back in the entire thing as a big image, uh, if you were to write a letter to yourself,、mm. what is the letter gonna be? Ah,、uh, I think I would write a letter to my teenage、mm. self. Because my teenage self had just moved in to a country town in New South Wales from India,、mm. so I was very overwhelmed with you know cultural differences, and it was a very white town because I was the first immigrant.、Um, so there was like a lot of issues going on, but I think I would tell her that I would be okay and just keep being myself, I guess. Amazing. So, what about a letter to the future? Just like a time memo. Okay,、mm, letter to my future. I would tell myself to keep prioritizing myself over my work or anyone else, <laughs> and make sure that your like my happiness index is my priority, as opposed to how much, as opposed to like your. What people consider traditionally successful, which is like finances or job titles or you know all that kind of stuff, I would I would prioritize happiness over those kind of superficial things. Mm. Mm. That's very nice. Yeah, I guess that's all the big questions that I wanted to ask. And you know, this is very cute of knowing <laughs> the inside stories of the world-renowned company and also you know. <laughs> sorting out the affairs of someone that who is interested in moving overseas to experience new stuff, and also pursuing dreams.、Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, I think set up、yeah. a really good sample of for people that interested in you know setting up their goals and keep going onto the directions that they're interested in. This is amazing.、Mm-hmm. Can I just say also、yeah. though, it's I think because I get so many messages of people on like Instagram, LinkedIn, like whatever, whatever of like, oh, you moved to New York, you know, I would love to be doing something like that. I'd love to work for a company over there or in you know in America or in Japan or whatever, whatever. You actually have to apply for it in order to get that、yeah. job. There is no use talking to me about it. There's no use, you know, just like the ranting about. Your misfortunes, or whatever, whatever it is, you have to apply for it.、Mm. And the good thing about you know, you know, just globalization, is that these things are a lot more attainable now than you know, like fifty, sixty years ago. We can you know get jobs in different continents. I mean, yeah, yeah. I fully acknowledge that I was like super lucky to, you know, get the role and like be able to move here. But the thing is, like, I actually applied、yeah. for it. You know, there's no way to know whether you're lucky enough to get a role in, you know, in whatever company you want if you don't apply for it. Like, they're not gonna come searching for you. You actually have to put your hand up and say, "I'm here. Please、yeah. hire me."、Mm. You know, it's just about taking that first、yeah. step. Yeah. yeah, and walk towards it. I guess. Oh, amazing! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Do you have any other closing off comments that you wanted to throw in? Oh, I think that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> It's just my rant of like, just apply for the jobs that you want, no matter where it is.、Yeah. <laughs> If you really want it, just go for it. You know, and everything else will just fall into place. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, haven't lost anything.、Yeah. 
just apply for it and see what happens. Yeah, such is life. Am mm. I right? Yes. Yeah. So I guess this is would be the amazing、uh, closing off comments, and also yeah, probably not try not to harass Tracy that much with your questions about moving overseas. Hopefully, this episode will、mm-hmm. um, solve most of your queries. Unless you have really have something to contact her, then you can contact Tracy via. I'll pass it to you. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can reach me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, and it's just Tracy Sutta. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions that you guys may have.、Um, yeah, great,、it. great. <laughs> We will definitely pop Tracy's social media handles in our notes as usual.、Um, and thanks so much, Tracy,、uh, again for joining us on this special series.、Uh, as mentioned, this is our second recording, and I know how busy you can get. With your time, so I really, really appreciate it. If you're interested in following Tracy's journey, follow Tracy's social media handles as mentioned. Otherwise, if you've got other topics that you're you would like us to explore, please send us a message via Instagram at Alchemist in the Making. This episode was recorded and produced by your special host Gina. Her. In the meantime, stay safe, and we will see you in the next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.